some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Never before in the history of sports podcasts have two men brought you opinion and analysis like these two. They speak for a city that's desperate for wins and titles, not whining and travesty. You might not agree with what they have to say, but you'll defend their right to say it. Sports fans across the world, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Mac and Reed Show. Live from my basement in Ross's townhome, it's the Mac and Reed Show right here on the Barroom Network. Hello, everybody. Uh, good Wednesday evening to you if you're watching live on YouTube, of course. And follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network on Twitter. Follow me at the Real Evan Mac. Follow Ross at Ross Reed. If you've missed any of our previous shows, they're on YouTube. Audio-only versions are on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your uh, podcasts, of course. Like, subscribe. Tell a friend or two. Feel free to chime in in the comments section during this show tonight. As we uh, missed last week, that's uh, the finale of the Bears season. And now uh, we're looking into the playoffs. We've got a packed show, of course, with lots of Bears offseason headlines to look forward to. Key positions in the front office as far as coaching is concerned to be filled and interviews already happening there. And, of course, the personnel Big questions at quarterback and beyond uh, with uh, a plethora of choices in the draft. And uh, we'll look ahead to the 2024 season. And, of course, we'll talk about the playoffs that uh, have been real fun to watch so far. Uh, we'll recap last week, look ahead to this week. Surprises along the way, of course. And good evening to you, Ross. How's it going? Good evening to you. Hopefully everybody's staying Healthy in this new year, um, staying warm, obviously, as the whole country feels like it's under a cold spell right now. Yeah, it was no joke uh, yes. this past weekend, of course, in the Midwest with mm-hmm. negative temperatures. Still, finally, we're getting that warm up like, all right, zero degrees doesn't feel too bad. Got the mm-hmm. sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's affecting everywhere. Luckily, uh, like I'm going to Austin next weekend, so luckily oh. we didn't, didn't get this shit uh didn't go this weekend <laughs> otherwise it'd be like 30 degrees and like why the hell am i here hopefully yeah, at least 60s and wear a light perhaps a light jacket when i'm there yes. needed uh while i go on some fantastic voyage so <laughs> to begin let's talk bears ross mm-hmm. uh and bears of course ending with a whimper we we all are well aware of it and we've had a lot of time to digest what went down in that weird up and down season mostly down as the bears were seven and ten third the nfc north and now of course watching from the sidelines as uh, their main competition in the green bay packers and detroit lions uh, are rolling ahead to the second round of the playoffs and preparing for their opponents uh but focusing on the bears right now uh obviously you know, we we had heard rumors of the commitment just starting in coaching to Matt Aberflus and how it was still his team. Front front uh, front office had really thought that that was um, the best way to go. You know, whether you agree with that or disagree with that, it remains to be seen. It, it does, you know, beg the question: What are you going to do 
at offense because you 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 followed that up by firing pretty much everybody offensively. Luke Getze, most importantly, perhaps, and then quarterbacks, coaches, wide receivers, coaches, basically most of the positional coaches um, that were in charge of trying to get this offense on par with that of, you know, Green Bay or Lions or the rest of the NFC contenders out there. So now, you know, I guess to lead off the conversation, Ross, I'm curious, uh, you know, regardless of whether you stick with the Justin Fields or you get a Caleb Williams in here, or you go outside of those two options, um, although it seems that it would be 50-50 between the two right now. Um, there's a lot of names getting floated out there for OC and, and in interviews are already happening. You know, the likes of Greg Norman getting requested to be interviewed. Uh, Brian Greasy, you know, Byron Leftwich, these are just names. Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Robinson, these are all, you know, the the sort of a, a short wish list because there's a ton of candidates out there. Um, a lot of the best OCs are going to get head coaching jobs. We know that. Um, but, you know, it's just based on this first week of the offseason, you know, what, do you, what are you hearing as far as the rumblings and who do the Bears like so far? Do you have someone on your wish list so far? I, I do. So, you know, you know, they talked to, uh, you know, Thomas Brown today, who's the offensive coordinator right. of the Carolina Panthers. He's comes from right. that, uh, that Shanahan tree. You're going to hear that a lot. Shanahan tree. Um, you know, they uh, talked to Shane Waldron already, offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks, as he was uh, able to talk to other teams right now after Pete Carroll uh, is transitioning out of that head coaching position. Uh, Greg Olson was also on their list, offensive, uh, the quarterback's coach for the Seahawks, not the Greg Olson that calls games, former ex-Bayer, but the different Greg Olson, right? Um, Clint Kubiak was also on the list as well. He is the passing coordinator right now, again, Shanahan Tree for the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, a couple other names, Liam Cohen is also on the list. He is the offensive coordinator for the Kentucky Wildcats college football the Shanahan guy again. So I think you're starting to see a theme here as to where the Bears want to go. I think the writing was on the wall with that, even when Luke Getzey was gone because they retained uh, the only guy you talked about all the offensive coaches were gone. The only guy they retained on staff was Chris Morgan. Is the offensive line guy. He was uh, heavily involved in their running that Shanahan style offense. So I think that shows already where they want to go. The name that I didn't uh, mention in all of this uh, was um, uh, was Greg Roman, former offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. That's the only guy on the list not from that Shanahan tree. And he's the outlier in all of this. Um, in my opinion right now, I think if you had a leader in the clubhouse, I think it comes down to Shane Waldron being the favorite for the position with a guy like Clint Kubiak being second. And, um, you know, remember, because of the new rule with talking to coaches, the Bears cannot talk to Clint Kubiak in person until after this Sunday, after the divisional round is over. Um, they were, they have already talked to Shane Waldron in person. They flew out to Seattle to see him. So I think it comes down to those two guys, in my opinion. I lean right now, Shane Waldron, uh, getting that position. He's had a good track record in the league. He has, um, you know, he came from uh, coaching with the Rams when they were very successful uh, under Sean McVay. He was able to um, reinvigorate Geno Smith's career, get guys like DJ uh, Metcalf going again, really um, focal in the running game as well as they drafted uh, Zach Charbonnet and um, Kenneth Walker Jr. Uh, or the second, yep, Kenneth Walker second, um, you know, in the draft. So that's where I think that they will lean right now uh, today. And I think this gets wrapped up probably early next week at the latest. 
Oh, wow. Things are moving fast. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. Ross, today, the latest was that the Bears were set to interview Thomas Brown, um, you know, the, the current offense coordinator for the Panthers. And, and you saw that, you know, despite the Panthers being pretty terrible, they had a young, have a young team around them. They oh, lost yeah. DJ Moore, but uh, they were competitive in a lot of those games and had a young quarterback, you know, to, to kind of um, take a lot of the blame. But uh, you, you like some of the ingenuity that you saw from that offense, uh, a little bit of fight from Thomas Brown and company. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to obviously see what the, the answer is at quarterback, and that's what I think a lot of Bears fans will think dictates their success more than the offensive coordinator. But you know, like Jalen Johnson said, um, he was, you know, on the radio and TV this past week because he's got nothing better to do but wait for uh, hopefully a, a extension as he was second-team All-Pro this last season. But he was saying that, you know, in regards to Justin Field, that a lot of the blame for his poor performance is due to coaching. And when you you do have three different coordinators in three different years, it's hard to get any consistency. And that's been sort of the scapegoat for Justin and the rest of this offense and their lack of production. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. It goes both ways, right? So, you know, with that in mind, uh, I'm very curious to see who else is is floated out there for the Bears offensive coordinator position. Um, Got to be optimistic after Luke Getze. You knew that the writing was on the wall. I'm sure he'll still remain in the NFL. I'm not sure where he'll go from here. And just a clean house on that side of the football, I think, was a very good move. And let's not forget, too, defensively, they have to make some decisions, even though Matt Aberflus was, was calling uh, a lot of the defense for this team. Um, they have to address that side of the ball too, because the, the whole Alan Williams fiasco is is long forgotten. I feel like, and and uh, that was early on in the season. I'm curious which way they they go in that direction as as well, and how um, that si- sort of sets up to be um, getting us ready for getting the Bears that is ready for uh, a, a complete turnaround with with the twenty twenty four season looming now. So there's a lot of Talk about the quarterback position. You know, I, I think we talked about that ad nauseum, and we can keep that uh, going later on. But, you know, with regard to the picks that are coming out, uh, that, that the Bears have coming up, I, I have a ton of optimism there and just the stockpile that Poles has. You, you know, do you, does your gut tell you, Ross, that they would flip it now that, you know, I think you went on record that they would be drafting a quarterback number one if they got that number one overall pick. But is there a part of you that would see them – potentially flipping that if they could get a sort of haul like they did last year no no chance <laughs> I, I i think unfortunately this is over listen and I, and I think it was more so on display this weekend when you look at the playoff action you look at what jordan love was able to do you look at what uh what jared goff was able to do these teams are, are putting up big time points and they're really pushing the football down the field and they're, and they're beating good defenses and i think that at this point listen i love justin fields i i think he's an awesome guy i think he's an awesome young man but I think when you have a gift staring at you, which is a free first overall pick and a guy that is as talented as Caleb Williams is, and then also, most importantly, as we've been talking about for months now, uh, very much so cost controlled for at least the next four to five years, I think it behooves the Bears to reset the the QB clock. And I fully expect for them to uh, draft Caleb Williams first overall. And I expect this, you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, this might drag on closer to the draft. I actually don't think so. Last year, we kind of knew by combine time uh, where this was going. We started to see the tea leaves that that Ryan Poles was going to trade that pick 
Um, I think this gun gets done sooner than later. I, I think Poles wants to do Justin a solid and get him onto his new situation uh, as quickly and as professionally as possible. I also think for the other teams that are going after Justin Fields, you potentially want to be able to get that done before free agency starts because then you need to know if you've got the QB or do you need to put your eggs in a Kirk Cousins basket or something like that. So, you know, to me, Justin's going to go to one of three teams, in my opinion. Um, uh, It's going to go – it's either going to be Raiders, Falcons, or Steelers. And, uh, you know, it comes down to – whoever's going to give you the best deal to be able to get that done. But I do think as it stands today, we got the news, obviously on Monday, on Martin Luther King day, Caleb Williams coming out. Um, The next meaningful football Caleb Williams plays will be in a Chicago Brewers Jersey. You heard it here. Ross is going on record that they'll be drafting Caleb Williams. Number one. So, you know, to that end, Ross, what what do you see as Justin Fields future? Obviously, you know, it's been floated around that he could, maybe get as, as high as a second round pick, certainly a third round pick, something like that, some sort of package with teams that are in need, if it's Atlanta or outside of that, uh, um, you know, market, then it, it'll be very curious to see where Justin Fields lands up. What's your ideal landing spot for Justin? My ideal spot for him would be the Pittsburgh Steelers, because I think that's a playoff ready team. And that's a very good head coach and Mike Tomlin and I like the offensive weapons that they have there. I think that they can have good success. I also want to see Justin Fields out of the NFC, of course. I'd rather root for him in a different conference. Um, but to me, the Raiders or, or the Steelers, to me, would be the best bet. Um, but obviously, keep an eye on that Falcon situation. I, I do think that eventually they will um, sort the, the, the table you know, on, on Bill Belichick. And I do think that uh, Bill Belichick and Justin Fields could be a good fit together in Atlanta. Nice. Uh, you know, and, and you got to root for Justin Fields. He is a good guy. He had a ton of, you know, jaw-dropping plays for the Bears. And you want him to develop uh, and perhaps gave, you know, he gave three important years of his career to the Bears. And this is as much about money as it is about performance, I think, when you look at the whole scope of it. Um, but you do hope that he is able to Get a starting job because just you, you see what a what a football guy he is. Just the athleticism that is there, uh, able to certainly run the ball well and hopefully just not be a gadget guy if he remains with the Bears, which seems like, you know, obviously, as Ross said, is, is, is an off chance at this point when Bears can have their pick at number one overall, which, which would certainly be Caleb Williams. I don't think Drake May has a, a chance in hell of jumping him. Um, but wish Justin well, and it'll be very curious to see where he ends up. I, I didn't, wouldn't think it would be the NFC North, but it could be very close by. And um, the guys, it's just very, it's, it's bittersweet because you, you obviously traded up for this guy and you tried to give him every opportunity in the world, but you also shortchanged him a lot of the time too, which seemed very typical of the Bears. Uh, but he also, you know, in those big moments, just look at the Green Bay game, for example, that was it. Uh, when you can fast forward past a couple weeks, when you're really auditioning for your job, you feel like, and ending really with a whimper, you know, that Atlanta game and, and the Cardinals game against two bad teams, you sort of take that out of it. You had that, you've just had too many losses that came down and they'd fall as much on Averflus and Getze as much as they do Justin Fields. But really in that bad loss to Green Bay, you kind of saw just you need a shake up in the offense. So as much as I 
have fought the idea of uh, just getting rid of Justin Fields and resetting essentially and, and considering uh, a shakeup at quarterback, it seems like the best thing to do and marrying an offensive coordinator and a quarterback from the start to start building something and, and really, again, competing with those guys in your division and in the conference and in the league overall. Completely agree. And, you know, I kind of push back at the, at the notion that some people say that you need to, you know, let guys time to develop or things of that nature. If you catch fire, listen, Caleb Williams is an extremely talented player, like extremely talented, you know, one of the more talented in a while, if you are able to hire the right offensive coordinator, we literally just saw this past weekend what the Houston Texans were able to do with C.J. Stroud. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like you can't go to the playoffs, you know, right away, uh, you know, with with uh, a guy like Caleb Williams and a brand new coordinator. Uh, so I, I do push back on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Mark had a question about flus and polls. And do you mm -hmm. think that next year is do or die for, of course, uh, the remaining head coach? Reigning yeah. head coach, Matt Aberflus, and Ryan Poles, the general manager. I, I do think the seat gets, you know, obviously warmer next year, but I'm actually going to go the opposite. You know, Matt Aberflus, from what we've heard for the most part, we, we saw from Bad Brad Biggs, he's on a four-year deal uh, with the Bears. That doesn't really quite line up with, you know, bringing in a guy like Caleb Williams. I actually think Matt Aberflus is going to get a two-year extension going into this offseason and, and allow him to kind of come back for um, – you know, for at least two more seasons. Interesting. Yeah, I and as far as the rest of the personnel is concerned, I, I think it's paramount that the Bears, have, if they're pretty set on their right side of the offensive line, we saw a great improvement. You know, it's a great hit with Darnell Wright, you know, talking about Ryan Poles, and he hit with Tyreek Stevenson. Talk about the guys who he got from trading the pick from last year for, for DJ Moore and for this, this slew of guys who really – made their impact felt uh tevin jenkins you know when healthy was really great now you just sort of figure out from the center to the left side it, it, it's pretty clear that they need a bookend uh at left tackle too so once you have darnell Wright and the other guy figured out then it's kind of it's, it really takes a lot of pressure off the rest of that offensive line in my opinion obviously center is paramount we see you know a guy like jason kelsey who's just announced his retirement how important it is to uh, have a great center as well, sort of captaining that offense if need be. But, um, I, I, you know, quarterback is super important. It's paramount in the league, but we've seen a lot of teams overcome it um, based on just that the obviously offensive skill position players that you need. So you would float this name. Obviously, if you're getting a quarterback, you're not going for, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's a deep enough draft and the Bears still picking the top 10 where, you know, what would you do with that second uh, pick that the Bears do have in the first round, Ross? Would you go offense? Or are you looking at edge rusher? Is it pretty, um, you know, does it really depend on who's available on the big board? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of it. In my opinion, I, um, you know, you're, you're going to say goodbye to Darnell Mooney. Um, so you're going to need more offensive weapons in here. I would definitely bring in Rome and, and, and Duze if he's on the board, wide receiver from Washington. If he's not there, you've got to take a hard look at Brock Bowers. I know you already have a tight end already in Cole Komet, um, but Brock Bowers is not your traditional tight end. He acts more like a wide receiver out there. He's very much a, a Travis Kelsey type of player in the U uh, position role, and both those guys can coexist on the field at the same time. Yeah, I like that. 
uh, you know, a lot of bears, a lot of bears talk, of course, and uh, a lot of uncertainty going into 2024 season. Um, you know, especially a quarterback, you you hope for the best. But just looking back at, at this last season, there was a lot of potential that that was you know close games where they were lost. Uh, just because of, again, whether it be Aberflus or whether it be Justin Fields, it was just a, these bad team losses. The defenses were some, the defense was sometimes a turnstile. I think it's really, really important defensively, you know, where a, a lot of Chicago fans hang their head on. We, they just love a, a smash mouth defense to certainly lock down Jalen Johnson. And you know, you have Montez Sweat going forward. Those are two important positions when you have, you know, a sort of lockdown corner and all pro corner and Jalen Johnson where they should pay him. Uh, obviously, if you're not even thinking about extending to Justin Fields and and you have this cap space now to uh, shore up this defense and make sure it, it has a good, you know, three to five years um, playing at, at, at their prime, if you will. But building up the the pass rush as well, because I, I feel like the Bears just could not get any pressure. It's been so long that we've seen pressure on the quarterback and to stop the likes of Jared Goff and to stop the likes of Jordan Love just in the division alone, you're going to have to turn it around. Montez Sweat can only do so much, but it also obviously goes to the defensive play calling. Um, but, you know, definitely optimistic, but hopefully with those other picks as well, you're looking at some premier edge rushers in the building. You know, we saw um, hitting as well in the interior of the defensive line. Um, we'll see what Ryan Poles has up his sleeve to build the rest of that defense out. Yeah, and I think that's where you're going to see Ryan Poles spend money in the offseason is just stockpiling that defense a little bit more. There are some awesome edge rushers out there uh, available that are going to be on the market this year. Uh, he's not an edge guy, but Chris Jones, obviously, from the Kansas City Chiefs, is going to be a free agent in the offseason. Um, you're going to be able to see Josh Allen uh, from Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they might tag him, but he's scheduled to be a free agent right now. We know about Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he's going to be out there as well. Um, you know, even guys like, like Justin, you know, Mamaduke is going to be out there and Christian Wilkins. There are a lot of defensive linemen that are going to be on the board. If you lock up Jalen Johnson, you bring in one of these guys, uh, these free Asian guys, you pair them opposite Montez Sweat. To me, your defense is already pretty solid. I, you know, then you start to look at some depth spots. Um, I think right now, Eddie Jackson, unfortunately, is probably going to get cut in the offseason. He's going to be one of those casualty guys. He's just not playing up to the value of his contract anymore. Uh, and his position is pretty replaceable. But otherwise, your defense is pretty set. Your secondary is solid. You've got good corners. And I expect them to spend a lot of heavy focus uh, on the draft. If you draft, if you hire a guy like Shane Waldron, a lot of people forget too. Like I talked about at the beginning, this guy's be very heavy in the run game as well. He wants to run the football, um, you know, consistently too. So it's not all about just throwing the football down the field. Seahawks had a very good running game. We know about what the what the Rams did. Even in the Super Bowl when they won, they had a very good run game to go against with Matthew Stafford. Deontay Foreman's not coming back. You have Roshan Johnson. It's okay. Clear Herbert, he's okay, but I think the, the Bears will also um, don't be afraid if they go back into the running back pool in the draft as well in the mid rounds. Yeah, I think it's important to have a lot of depth at running back, as we saw when we saw Khalil Herbert go down. Deontay Foreman stepped in. Roshan Johnson stepped in. It was really a turnstile. It's so tough to to hit on uh, running back, even when you get premier guys in the league like a B. John Robinson. Maybe maybe ownership doesn't use them correctly. 
Uh, but it's uh, it, there's no shortage of needs. I'd say you know it, it's it's good to see that uh, it's tough that the most of this team this team is so committed to Justin Fields, but more so they're committed to really turning around this this franchise and getting some wins. I think DJ Moore and Jalen Johnson are are sort of those those defunct leaders of the team. Um, if Justin Fields gets out of here at this point, um, and y- you know, I, I do think that the just it's as much a numbers game as it is Ryan Poles doing his due diligence. Uh, there's a lot of luck to it, certainly. You know, whether you hit on Caleb Williams, there's certainly that off chance that he could, you know, knock on wood, his his career could be mired in injury. Who who the hell knows, man? There could be cer- certain circumstances where he's just not developed as well. Um, and the pros as he was in college, uh, it takes all 53 guys on that roster, all the 22 starters to really turn this franchise around. And I think, um, it's, it's, it's so early to project what this bears team is going to look like, but I, I think, you know, if they have those right pieces in place, it can certainly be a little better than, uh, they were this past year. But speaking of the, the competition in the NFC North. Uh, we saw, you know, how good that <laughs> speaking of how bad we have it at quarterback as a Bears fan, just what the uh, what Green Bay is able to do with quarterbacks is is pretty unbelievable. And how Jordan Love came out swinging, you know, the, the whole storyline of this Green Bay team being, you know, the youngest team in the playoffs. It's like an average age of 24, 25, something like that. For them to go into Dallas and hang 48 on them uh, was really impressive. And, you know, Aaron Jones is one of the best running backs. Talk about great, consistent injury, mostly injury-free running backs. Like Aaron Jones was the machine getting the hat trick. Uh, Romeo Dobbs was great in that game. Had a great connection with Jordan Love as he went for over 300 yards. It certainly added to the pain of of Bears fans. Uh, It was a great story for... Detroit to outlast the Rams as, you know, Matt Stafford still put on a pretty good show with Puka Nakua almost getting 200 yards. Uh, But the real story was Detroit, you know, getting their first playoff win 30 plus years. Uh, It it really makes you envious. And I think that, you know, looking at their performances, who's to say that they can't make a lot of noise. It's, it's tough matchup for, for both of them moving on to the divisional round. Um, after the wild card, when Green Bay has to travel to San Francisco, I feel like there's a lot of history between those two franchises in the playoffs. But Detroit getting Tampa, who just knocked out Philly, that's uh, that's going to be something, man. And Detroit, them ha- ha- being able to play at Ford Field is, is a huge advantage. Uh, who do you see going f- further, Ross, the Green Bay or the Lions at this point? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Being able to play in Detroit with those fans who were absolutely outstanding on Sunday. Um, you got Eminem in the house. You got Big Sean in the house. You got oh, like, yeah. guys like Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. I think they're they're the clear favorites to move on, in my opinion. I, I, Tampa Bay is a really good team. They're very tough. They're well coached. Uh, we talked about Dave Canellis on this podcast a couple of times, their offensive coordinator. He has uh, revitalized Baker Mayfield's career, as has Baker, too. I think Baker deserves a lot of credit as well for what he's been able to do uh, this season. He looks healthy. He looks like he's having fun again. But I do think it's going to be a close football game because Detroit's defense can give up some points, and Baker's not going to go in there scared. But I do think the Lions eke that out. As for the Packers, I mean, look, I said last week I didn't give them much of a chance against the Cowboys and, and look, look what they did, but they're facing a whole different ball game here. I think this is a 
I think I think this 49ers team is the most focused, poised team heading into the playoffs. I also think they're the most talented heading into the playoffs. And I think that Kyle Shanahan's on a mission to really shove it up everybody's what. And um, you know, the line is right around nine, ten points right now. You got to go into uh, that hostile environment. I think the 49ers roll the Packers and uh, and, and kind of bring them back down to earth a little bit. 49ers certainly earned that number one seed, and they just have all the firepower offensively with Brock Purdy leading the charge. Christian McCaffrey had another fantastic season, and of course, you know George Kittle. Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel, they just have so many weapons in the backfield. is is, is very tough. The offensive line, I should say, is, is even tougher, uh, plowing lanes for the running backs and and creating a lot of time for Brock Purdy. So you would think that Green Bay has a much tougher test. This, this really spoke more to me, too, about just Dallas. And and just you, you never know what Dallas you're going to get, but when the playoffs come, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy and company have been in this position before where they just shit the bed and – they certainly did in epic fashion. You 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 drew a home game. You drew the the better seed in the second seed of the NFC, and this is what happens. It was not entirely shocking, I would say. Just you know, looking at uh, at the wild card weekend before we focus on uh, the four games that are on the slate this coming weekend. Uh, you know, the other great story was Houston and how impressive that was. As much as I was rooting for you know Joe Flacco and Cleveland. Um, Houston, man, is is such a great young story. Talk about one of the younger teams in the NFL and great young head coach, C.J. Stroud, you know, certainly making his name uh, ring out and, and making his case for rookie of the year. Really impressive performance hanging 45 on, on a tough Browns defense, too. There's That's no slouch, but um, they balled out. Kansas City just beating the tar out of Miami. You could have seen coming from – a mile away with Miami going to cold weather uh, city like that. And Kansas city really turns on, turns it on, excuse me, when the playoffs uh, happen. And then the Monday night doubleheader, you know, Buffalo, this is the team we expect to see in the playoffs where they have a sound performance. Good, good performance from Josh Allen. He's able to do everything, all the plays with his legs. And then, you know, through the air is very impressive defensively backing them up and, and shutting down Pittsburgh. Um, it's much tougher test next weekend, but then Tampa, you know, kudos to them. We, this NFC South has been so weird uh, for them to, you know, beat the defending NFC champs in Philadelphia who limped into uh, these, these playoffs. Um, it, it was really impressive. It's, it's uh, it does. I feel like speak volumes to Baker Mayfield, who's been pretty up or down up and down in his career. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but you know, what are you looking forward to besides obviously the Niners and, beating the tar out of the Packers in this divisional round this weekend, Ross. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, and I speak for probably most of the people, we're saying we're looking forward to this uh, AFC QB matchup uh, in both games this weekend because you're going to get um, you get the you get the likes of seeing Lamar Jackson this weekend and Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes, right? And and so, you know, that's going to be exciting this weekend to see those those uh, teams go up against each other, especially the Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes part, because we feel like this is a true rivalry at this point. Those guys have seen each other a couple times in the playoffs. They've seen each other a couple times in the regular season. They've had some close games. Um, you know, they've had a little bit of controversy and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be the marquee matchup uh, for the weekend. 
Yeah, and can Houston, just looking from the top down on starting on Saturday, can Houston challenge Baltimore? Baltimore, the number one seed, and this is a, a big year. It's, it, you know, going into it, it was a big year for Lamar Jackson um, and company and, and trying to get back to the top of the AFC and, and regain some of the success that they have had, uh, you know, early 2000s, mid-2000s. And Lamar Jackson and company look really poised to do that. They certainly have a tough test with Houston but they have that advantage of obviously playing in Baltimore. Um, you got to think that that would be a pretty sound win for both home teams on Saturday. Uh, obviously, the the later game on Fox, San Francisco hosting Green Bay. You know, they're well rested. They're ready to rock. Uh, it's going to take a hell of a performance from Jordan Love and an epic collapse from the 49ers. But yeah, the AFC matchups, you know, Detroit uh, with Jared Goff is, feels like a team of of destiny trying to get into that NFC championship or uh, yeah, NFC championship against perhaps San Francisco. Um, it would just be nuts if it was green, green Bay, Detroit. Uh, I feel like obviously Vegas would have to intervene for that, but Detroit hosting Tampa, you know, Baker just, you know, it was, it was a soft Philly defense that he played against. I think Detroit, um, they got their pass rush down and and they really know how to win at home and, and pressure, put pressure on, uh, the opposing quarterback. So, you know, looking at Detroit, it, it looks like, you know, the home team besides Kansas City, where Kansas City and Buffalo, obviously they have so much history and we've seen some phenomenal games between Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, this one's really tough because Kansas City's looked beatable at times, as have the Bills. The Bills, you know, had that question in this last, uh, or the couple weeks ago, where we weren't even sure we were going to see them in the playoffs if they didn't win that last game of the season. And then the Chiefs, playing like the Chiefs and, you know, a revenge game for Tyreek Hill and a pretty explosive Miami offense, even with the elements and with that uh, Chiefs advantage. This is when the defense really turns it on. This is when you see that advantage that Andy Reid has. And, of course, the biggest advantage of all is Pat Mahomes, the reigning Super Bowl champion, and this team, reigning Super Bowl champions as a whole. Uh, this is, you know, almost their Super Bowl. They win this against the Bills, um, you know, in Buffalo then I really just think that they're going right back to the Super Bowl and beating whoever's in front of them. This is a huge game for them. It's a huge game for them. It's the first time in Pat Mahomes' career that he has a playoff game on the road. So that's going to be an interesting situation for him. Uh, he's played all his playoff games in Arrowhead before this, but I don't think he's scared to go into Buffalo and play Josh Allen and the Bills. And the Bills are pretty beaten up right now on defense he lost another starter on defense on on monday afternoon so you know i think buffalo is is favored in this game as they should be because they've got home field advantage but that, that's pat mahomes over there and i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on pat mahomes to, to go ahead and handle business in buffalo and extend on and and I think I think the streets at this point, you know, we want Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson for the AFC title game, right? We want the soon-to-be MVP versus the reigning MVP and the guy that's got two Super Bowls underneath his belt. That would just be one of the most epic uh, games uh, that we've had at a, for a playoff game in a very, very long time in Baltimore, too. And it's Baltimore deserves to have that AFC championship game. They've been playing awesome. It's a great model franchise, great fans there as well. Yeah, no question. So you're seeing you're picking Kansas City, Baltimore, and San Francisco, Detroit. I take it. I yes, the Detroit one. Listen, something weird's got to happen, and yeah. if something weird happens, I would not be shocked if that's the weird thing that happens, and you get Baker yeah. Mayfield 
in the NFC Championship game, uh, you know, going to San Francisco. I think that's the one. This this was in Vegas this year. There's got to be some chicanery, some weirdness leading up to it. I think we get fairly chalk heading to it. I got 49ers going to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if it's against the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, look out at that at that Baker Mayfield situation. I think he can upset Detroit and, uh, and, and, and move on. He's got a lot of help, too, with that defense. That defense yeah. is so impressive still, you know, thinking about – just a few years ago when, you know, playing, obviously you had the advantage of Tom Brady playing at a real high level, you know, all the offensive firepower that he has, the guys who have remained, you know, the pass rush of Vita Vea and, um, you know, the linebacking core that they have, Anton Win Antoine Winfield Jr. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really a well put together defense that Todd Bowles coaches. Uh, so you figure they got something up their sleeve for Detroit and obviously it's do or die for them. And they figure, you know, they, they can shock the world uh, on Saturday. So that'll be an interesting one. Probably a lot more not as lopsided as the other game of the NFC uh, divisional well, round. You know, the big thing is, you know, the reason why they were able to beat Jalen Hurts was they blitzed the hell out of him. And Philadelphia just did not adjust. To, yeah. And if there's one guy who's not very good against the blitz, it is a guy like Jared Goff. Now I trust uh, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator right now. He's a hot name for head coach jobs. I trust him to, to adjust a lot better than Nick Sirianni, but if they start to heat up Jared Goff, you know, he can make some mistakes, you know, you know, especially if Sam Laporta is still not as healthy as you want him to be, you know, the, the, the counterpoint to that is obviously a guy like I'm already say, bro, can just beat you over the top or Jameer Gibbs can just run right past you as you're trying to blitz, you know, the situation. So I still ex I, uh, I expect points in that game. I think Mike Evans had a little bit of a down game against the Eagles. They didn't really need him that much. So I think he's going to elevate his game indoors on turf. And uh, I think that's going to be a fun one. I think that's going to be the fun shootout of the weekend where I think all the rest of the games, I think 49 is going to be a blowout. I think the Ravens Texans can be interesting but I think the way the Ravens are rusted right now, the way Lamar Jackson is playing, I think they still win that game, you know, by a touchdown or more. And then, um, you know, that Eagles, I mean, that Eagles, that Chiefs-Bills game, I think can be close. But I think it's going to be a chess game, a chess match. These teams have seen each other so much. Score is going to come down significantly in that game to me. Doesn't look quite as uh, cold or, yeah. or snowy as uh, last weekend's game. You know, obviously you figure that Santa Clara is going to be Real nice, but the other games, weather shouldn't really be a factor. None of the games really should be too much of a factor. So should see some uh, some good football coming up this weekend. And, uh, you know, it's it's nuts on the note of the uh, end of the regular season that we saw three huge names as far as head coaches uh, change, change it up as far as ending their uh, careers with their respective teams. Bill Belichick, you know, stepping away, parting ways with the Patriots, which we kind of saw the writing on the wall going into the end of this season with the Mac Jones fiasco and whatever else is, is going on with new England at this point. Uh, obviously they're going in a different direction with Jared Mayo, which will be uh, a good breath of fresh air for them. I would think uh, Alabama and Nick Saban retiring as, you know, one of the most winningest coaches we have seen in college football history. One of the best recruiters certainly left his mark and, you know, don't forget about his uh, obviously not in the, same school, but that LSU championship that he wanted as well. But just uh, what he was able to do at Alabama was impressive. Obviously, just uh, 
having so much power recruiting and and turning out just top tier talent to the pros. Uh, you just look left and right. Some of the best teams obviously have uh, a quarterback or a running back or an offensive lineman or a defensive back that Nick Saban coached and helped them get to that point where they're at. And Pete Carroll, who uh, was <laughs> who surprisingly who looks good these days i think you know is the oldest head coach uh, in the league at 70 now he's not anymore with them retiring uh the silver fox but now he this was all within 24 hours him stepping away from the seahawks getting fired from the seahawks doesn't matter he, he had a great career with seattle you remember the legion of boom years and the peak russell wilson and the uh super bowl performances that they had and, and beast mode and everything that went in between and he was uh very California guy, but all these coaches, you know, are Hall of Fame coaches and had great uh, careers, respectively. Um, really, you know, going to miss seeing them on the sidelines. Yeah, well, I mean, at least we know Belichick wants to come back, right? Like he's going to, he's going to yeah. coach again. So. The question now is where will Belichick end up? Saban yeah. can just obviously be in Tuscaloosa, where the hell, wherever he wants to be in Florida, and uh, Carol can just retire, and they can both, you know, drink pina coladas together. But where will Bill Belichick go? I think he's going to go to Atlanta, uh, you know, and, and, unless a team like Philadelphia or the Cowboys make a late push for them and it, for for him, excuse me, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I think he goes to Atlanta and I think he sets up shop there. I think he's going to be with an owner that uh, is, is older as well and wants to spend some money and wants to see if he can get some success before it's too late. And, um, you know, th there are weapons there. That defense is not bad. They just need a couple pieces. They've got guys like B. John Robinson and Drake London on offense and Kyle Pitts, who, you know, hasn't been used that well. So, you know, you, you look at them down there, they need a quarterback. And, you know, you, you have to see what direction they go. Do they trade for a guy like, like Justin Fields? Or does Bill Belichick call a guy like Kirk Cousins and say, hey, Kirk, come on down. Like, you know, let, let's try this and let's see if we can get a ring together. Um, that, that's going to be a, a very interesting situation. But, um, you know, I think that's the best fit for them. Um, to me, the, the biggest coaching wild card is Mike Vrabel. I think that's the best coach on the market. And I think that if you get a guy like Mike Vrabel in your situation, you can have him coaching your team for 10 plus years. He's young. He's very intelligent. He's very good yeah. at his job. If I, if I were the Dallas Cowboys, I'd fire Mike McCarthy today and hire Mike Vrabel and just have him there for, for 10 years, you know? So mm – -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he wants to sit out a year and then see what better jobs come up. With the Bears, obviously, right? There could be some other jobs coming up. Could be a Philadelphia job uh, with Nick Sirianni. But uh, that's going to be interesting. But, yes, to what you said, Nick Saban, very salty, feisty guy, but absolutely awesome head coach uh, on the college ranks. Pete Carroll was, yeah, very Pete Carroll, awesome coach as well. Um, I like it when some of these older guys, you know, step away from a little bit while they're still, um, you know, kind of at the top of their game a little bit, still very good at their jobs, but willing to say it's okay to ride off in the sunset and go spend my money on the beach or anything. I, I wish our politicians uh, had their, uh, their kind of gumption as well. Certainly don't. Uh, you got to die in office. That's the way to do it. That's the American way. <laughs> uh, Mike Rabel. Yeah. Curious, you know, obviously having some good years with Tennessee uh, and obviously Jim Harbaugh's name being floated around now coming off a national championship win. We'll see San Diego has been, or San Diego, I should say LA chargers have been tied to him. Yep. Um, and all, all the while cliffs. He's going to go there. 
Cliff's over there cooking for Jadis. <laughs> Welcome, Cliff. How you doing? And thanks to the uh, the new ballroom listeners, of course, too. Travis, hello, and everybody who's been chiming in as we wrap up this show with some quick hits. I'm also hungry thinking about Fajitas Ross. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we press on, though. Uh, the Emmys, did you catch it? As the bear cleaned house and uh, succession did as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Better call Saul got the short end of the stick. They've lost all 50 for 53. Yep. That, you know, that goes into, and they joined uh, The Wire and Always Sunny and a couple other shows of phenomenal TV where they just were up against The Sopranos or up against, you know, just phenomenal other shows, unfortunately, where, uh, you know, a deserving guy like Bob Odenkirk couldn't get the, the nod for, you know, best actor in TV, uh, Succession mm -hmm. again swept up swept up with Kieran and Culkin and and the like and good for the bear um obviously beef Jeremy Allen wife yeah yes. beef yeah beef did uh, did very well which I watched and I enjoyed uh yes. you know 8, 824 in this but what what else did you like from from the Emmys and have you seen everything that won I mean I guess we have at this point yeah I basically saw everything that won shout out to the cast of succession obviously I think that was the show of the year last year as they wrapped up you know, talk about going out on a high note, right? And, and leaving while you're on top. Um, the whole cast, except for, uh, you know, Kendall, obviously was big winners. And, um, you know, shout out to the Bear, you know, very Chicago centric show. We love that show. Um, I thought that was the best second season of any TV show I think I've ever seen on air. That's how phenomenal it was. And, um, you know, shout out to Jeffrey Dahmer's neighbor for also winning an <laughs> Emmy Nash, as well. Nisi Nash good. as well. But in, in all seriousness, to see the speeches from like, um, you know, Nisi Nash and Quinta Brunson, who won for Abbott Elementary, those are really cool to see um, as well. So, you know, we, we now have the Golden Globes underneath our belt and we have uh, the Emmys underneath our belt. We got the last two big boys left, the the Oscars and the, the Grammys, of course. So, uh, right. If you if you haven't seen all of your 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 Oscar contenders, uh, you know, Kill Us Out of Flower Moon streaming now, the holdovers, you know, movies like that, definitely hop on it. I think this was a great TV year, um, but it was also a great movie year as well. So I'm very interested to see what those nominations are as they announce those uh, pretty soon. And speaking of TV, I don't know if you started it yet, but new season of of uh, True Detective started on Sunday. Oh yeah, and that first episode where was, I was Sunday. Come on, that, that it was negative. Was. It was negative twenty degrees. I sat down with the wife, popped an edible. I was loving it. You kidding Man, me? What a fantastic yeah. first episode! I'm glad that they were able to keep that train moving, even though the, uh, Nick Palazzo, the creator of the show, has basically stepped back into a more executive producer role. But uh, that first episode is awesome. There's only going to be six episodes this season, so I think this is going to become oh, Jesus super quick in terms of the action and, and getting to the storyline as we saw already in that first episode why well, they got a short change my true detective that's a bummer yeah. muck muck the general really just uh firing off shots at the sopranos most overrated show in history all right sure. all right settle down <laughs> a soap opera my goodness I, I, sopranos is on our our uh family tv i feel like every fucking day it's unbelievable at least some episode uh mm -hmm. where, where it's a, a weird Tony Soprano dream sequence or something like that. I've uh, I've been enjoying Fargo. You yeah. know, that's about to. I think it's the last episode of the season. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, or maybe yeah. even this you know, week's the last. Today's one. Wednesday. I'm all thrown off with the holiday. Yes. Um, 
Reacher, I don't know if you're into Ross, but I'm a fan of those books and that, that series. And the guy who plays Reacher is just fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a good good choice casting there. Uh, yes. Excited for Shogun coming out. A lot of good TV coming out this uh, 2024. That's for sure. Obviously, on top of True Detective, it's bananas. Yes. Yeah. Shogun looks awesome. I, we saw the trailer for that the other night. That looks uh, completely beautifully shot. That always takes me back to seventh and eighth grade history classes with uh with 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 seeing the original shogun of course uh shout out demand yeah. dice yeah. yes so shut up big pussy big pussy knew what was coming to him come on <laughs> we could do, we could do a whole nother show on sopranos one day yes which is 25th uh, 25th anniversary i'm actually thinking about i, know it. I, I think about seriously considering doing a rewatch of the show uh this year it's been a long time since i've seen it it is my number two favorite show of all time so uh, I'm thinking about doing a rewatch of it. I rewatched it a couple of years ago, and and to be fair, I hadn't made it through all the seasons and really been mm-hmm. into it. It was like the days before you had streamers and you had to go find some site that was just you know bootlegged. Yeah. And I watched it on my laptop, which is not the way you should watch The Sopranos. Yeah. Is my public service announcement out there? But uh, but I digress, of course. Yeah. So that's what we're watching. Uh, how do you pronounce uh, the high school? sports star's name uh i've heard it's noah kanega and he has cleared the air on his uh name pronunciation kanega please <laughs> that, yeah, i was gonna say that's that's my kanega hey listen have you seen him play basketball that kanega that kanega can ball too so <laughs> the kanega family ah <laughs> uh, I hope some people just do. Well, Cliff, you came at the right time. That's how it goes. Uh, do we miss anything, Ross? Anything else you're hot on? I don't think we missed anything. Uh, good start to New Year. Good to see everybody in, in 2024. And nice. uh, yeah, absolutely. No question. That's it for us. Uh, thanks to everybody. We're wrapping up a little bit early. I got to put, put the kids down. Yes. Uh, but we will be recapping the divisional round, of course, next weekend. Uh, or excuse me, this uh, Wednesday, coming up a week from today. Uh, that's a lot to, a lot to look forward to as we figure out who's going to be vying for a Super Bowl. Thanks to everybody for watching on YouTube and chiming in. Remember, follow us on Twitter. Follow me at the real Evan Mac, follow Ross at Ross Reed, follow the barroom network at barroom network, of course. And remember, if you've missed any of our previous shows, like subscribe, tell a friend or two. We're on Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your audio, uh, check us out on YouTube, of course. Of course, most importantly, be good to each other out there. We say so long, everybody. Peace.